from Des Moines, the city that sleeps and sleeps well because it's not Memphis. It's the Talking Paragraphs podcast with your host, a man who's most likely to say, did did I shower this week? Daniel Finney. And on the line with us, as usual, is the world's most dangerous accountant, yeah. Memphis Paul. Our Memphis, thing is Bluff City. Memphis, yeah. Well, Memphis is the most dangerous city, according to uh, some survey that was quoted by our uh, local news station. All, all things in the news media are designed to do one of two things make you angry or make you afraid and i guess the third thing is make you goo goo about babies or puppies and you'll just keep watching that until your eyes bleed uh we we have some things to make ourselves feel good about ourselves like um uh coats for kids or some random anonymous person donated some sum of money and they they found some person in the community who did some good act and it's like we noticed this here's this money that's that's kind of a segment that's in the news each week is, yeah. is that a is that a is that a media thing too like Let's trump up ourselves. Let's yeah. That a little bit. Uh, especially television media, there's a direct connection to doing some charitable thing. And mm-hmm. in the process, like you're boosting the brand. Like, oh, look, yeah. the local TV stations involved with Toys or Tots. They really care yeah. about uh, poor kids having a toy. See, I, yeah. See, I can't tell if that's a universal thing or a Memphis thing because Memphis is not a wealthy city. We're no, we have it here. One of the stations here yeah. does, the, uh, does the Toys for Tots thing. And I think they all do. I would think the they would. Stations, especially, they all do something. Yeah. That some of them are so. I would I would think Des Moines would have a tougher time finding someone that coats for kids, a kid that needs a coat. Whereas that's every kid, you know, in certain neighborhoods of Memphis because we're kind of a downtrodden uh, city. I don't I don't think that the poverty but, uh, is as extreme as it is in Memphis, but there's poverty everywhere and Oh sure, sure. I guess I'm not ready to shit on people who are trying to alleviate it. I just think. No, I'm I'm just happy to crap on the media. Uh, yeah, as am I. Oh, I might just to finish my thought. I, I don't yeah. normally. I would not crap on people who are trying to help. I just think there's there's need on the full calendar, and we seem to only want to deal with the need around Thanksgiving yeah. and Christmas. That's yeah. 
that's our need. That's when we, that's when we care about whether a kid has toys or whatever, and maybe back to school. And that's about it. You know, that's how charity, charity is a band-aid, like social change is the, is the fix, the permanent fix. But anyway, this is way heavier than we wanted to start. So I guess we'll just go ahead and get into the fact that, uh, the great World War II hero and longtime senator from Kansas, Bob Dole, has died. Yeah. Bob Dole lived a long and fruitful life. And yeah. he is probably the last of the center right Republicans who. Yeah was not insane he was conservative but not death to my the other side and yeah my intellectual disagreements were not the need to wipe them out like enemies in a war and he was a man who you know fought in a war and suffered because of it um yeah. Bob Dole was a delightfully funny man. Uh oh. I thought he might have won in 1996 if he had shown some of the personality that he showed oh. in like yeah. Pepsi commercials during the Super Bowl that okay. he that he didn't show during the campaign but for Bob Dole, I think being president or, or being a public servant was a serious thing. And he yeah. was not going to treat it unseriously because his because he was running a campaign from the 50s. Like he was going to talk about issues and he was going to be serious. Yeah. And Bill Clinton was like, hey, kids, I spoke, but I didn't inhale, you know. I feel your pain. I can play the saxophone. Yeah, and uh, I think the country would have been better had Bob Dole won in 1996. And I know there are going to be people screaming like, oh, Dan Finney is a hardcore conservative. I'm not at all. I just think we would have been spared the Clinton... uh, you know, oral sex scandal and, and all of the scandals that the Clinton administration had whitewater and all of that. And you can say, well, that, that was all driven by, um, wild Republicans. And maybe that's true, but I, the thought, the problem with Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton is a lot of the times you run into this stuff and you're like, well, this, this, this sounds outrageous. And then there's like uh, a kernel or a whole popcorn bowl full of truth to it. So, I yeah, I had I voted for. I had two. I had two or three takeaways from uh, yeah. But his passing and the coverage around it. One, uh, we watch the PBS news shows in my household and. uh, yeah. Their coverage 
and they're kind of the talking by the Democrats around it was like, oh, this was a this was a good Republican. He worked with people, and uh, I, I feel like they they took this event and colored it the way they wanted to. Yeah, which it's like um, you're not. Uh, you're not celebrating this person's life. You're turning it into a a, a bat to uh, hit someone over the head with. That's not actually a very attractive quality uh, in the liberals. So just you know, keep that in mind. That this is something that all the late night shows do. Uh, the the other the other takeaway is you look back at someone who doesn't win, which, you know, he did a lot, but he, he ran for president several times and didn't win, and you're like, well, gosh, he he lost to people that, um, you know, if he'd won, but, you know, maybe um, a lot of different facets of American life would have been better. Yeah. Um, there was one little clip at the end of this profile of them mm-hmm. on the PBS News Hour, they said that some uh, local banker in Russell, Kansas, loaned them $300 so he could go to college. Um, that makes you think. I mean, your, your classes are like $300 a credit hour, right? Uh, As opposed to like the whole semester or like, I mean, that's a low figure. It's yeah, it's like bucks, but yeah. And, and since we value education, it's probably discounted versus what some of the other degree programs are. Uh, I think it's possibly. A, I think it's less than law school, but I don't know. Uh, so that that was that was just interesting to hear. It's like, oh. We've uh, we've really devalued our currency, or we, you know, you don't get as much for your dollar. Uh, that's less about Bob Dole than the trend of society. But it's like you look back at a person's life. Uh, it's like, oh, make you think. Well, one thing uh, I'll say about changed. the media and coverage of Bob Dole's passing is that most of the people who are doing these stories in local don't have any idea who Bob Dole was because his he was old and hasn't been on the national scene for 25 years and they don't understand what it means to have been seriously grievously wounded in World War II because they haven't seen yeah. people like that in, in a long time because there are fewer and fewer of them every day. They don't know how he talked. They don't know what he did. I'll, I'll give two anecdotes about Bob Dole. Uh, I'm sorry in advance to you that both of them have Iowa ties, but I think they're on point. Well, one is Bob Dole worked with Iowa Senator Tom Harkin, who was more to the left than I care to be 
as a he was a pretty liberal senator but the two of them helped get the americans with disabilities act passed yeah required all kinds of things like you know library yeah you know uh public buildings to have elevators and you know all the way down to modern times where there are cuts in the curb so that people with different kinds of mobility can you know they don't have to step off of a curb they can roll off of it and as somebody who uses a walker i've come to appreciate all of these rules because with without them this semester would have been that much harder at dre and the other thing was bob dole along with uh former south dakota senator george mcgovern won the world food prize back in 2008 which is of course headquartered here in des moines they won because they fought for legislation that created school lunch programs yeah and again the modern republican is trying to eliminate these kinds of things and he was working with a guy who was much more liberal than he was. But in the end, they came up with something that benefited society at large. And I think that that's another thing that people don't see anymore is senators who get together with a person from the other party and say, hey, let's make something happen. And then they bend the ears uh, and twist the arms of the leaders in their parties. And then something great happens that we don't even realize how great it is at the time that it, and it has echoes through generations. And so I'm just going to say, I think Bob Dole was a great American. I was proud to vote for him in 2000 or excuse me in 1996 and um you know we 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 lost more than a world war ii vet and a senator we we lost that balance and centrist thinking and collaboration that we so desperately need. Right on. So that's enough serious talk. Let's talk about Christmas. In particular, Christmas specials. Now, I know you and your mom have been known to indulge in the Hallmark Christmas specials and yeah what not i if snoopy's not in it i tend not to watch it when it comes to christmas specials but i was a big fan of the show zoe's extraordinary playlist 
And the short of it is Jane Levy, who was in Suburgatory and has been in a bunch of other stuff. She plays this young woman who is for what she for whatever reason has been having headaches she has an mri and then there's some kind of electrical whatever and all of the music ever gets stuck in her head and she, she can hear people's feelings as they perform dance numbers they call them heart songs and if just the sound of it is sounds like the kind of thing I wouldn't be into, but I do mm-hmm. love Jane Levy. And yeah. so I thought, well, I'll watch it. You know, why not? And it was just delightful. I, I always enjoyed the episodes. I particularly enjoyed the episode. They like the arc of the first series was that, Zoe's father was dying of some kind of rare neuromuscular disease and yeah. but she could still communicate with him because she could hear his songs and he you know and during the songs he would get up and dance and they'd talk and all of that kind of stuff and it was uh it was very lovely in the sense that you know there was a lot of wish fulfillment there and and whatnot well the show lasted went two seasons and then nbc canceled it because they suck balls and well they have they have so much quality programming yeah filled with the brim tough choices those choices yeah 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 they were like how can we get some more football on nbc uh i don't know anyway they canceled it and then roku which has its own free channel comes along and like hey uh, you guys want a christmas special and sort of wrap the whole thing up because the second season had ended on a cliffhanger where her boyfriend had picked up the power to to hear these heart songs too and then the christmas so i'm just i would not even have known this existed but the roku system is built into my tv and every now and then like an ad for something on that channel will pop up and it was like zoe's extraordinary christmas i'm like yeah no way so i clicked on that and i watched it last night it was delightful it was heartwarming um Christmassy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a lot of the same stuff you expect from a Christmas special. It was like, I'm gonna make this the most yeah. perfect Christmas ever. I'm gonna do sure. do everything that dad would do if he was still here. And of course, everything blows up in her face. And then there were some really great moments. And again, one of the moments was like the Christmas Eve dinner turned out to be a disaster and the, this yeah. precious snow globe that uh, the family that Mitch, the, the, the dad, the dead dad had, it was very special to everyone got broken. And, you know, Zoe's just crushed and, 
then she has a dream where her father comes to her and they're in the Christmas tree field and it's in black and white, like an old Christmas movie. And it's just very, it's, it's very sweet. And, you know, I, I got a little emotional, you know, my dad died, yeah. um, on December 18th, 1988, which was a week before Christmas. And I had, you know, there was a lot of wish fulfillment in this, this show, like you watch yeah. it and it's like, yeah, I'd like to, you know, I don't want to sing a number with my dad, but, uh, I'd like to have him around for a game of checkers or, you know, one more Christmas, you know, that sort of thing. So it, it was just great. And I'm not really into Christmas movies. Like I think the last one I watched yeah. was, uh, grumpy cats christmas which was several years ago that uh, audrey whatever her name was she was on the uh park and rec uh oh, she, yeah. she uh did the voice of grumpy cat so i watched that and it was stupid yeah. and i was like why did i watch this but this was great Uh, well, that's awesome. Um, it, it is weird. Uh, it, uh, as I as I listen to this Jordan Peterson, this Canadian clinical psychologist, uh, on the YouTube, mm-hmm. um, he'll he'll get into like Bible stories or ancient mythology or d- different things. It'll be like, oh, this story repeats itself in different cultures, and it's rooted in these principles it, it is funny how you'll have a an archetypal story let's call it the christmas movie right and it seems like certain things happen it's like there's some problem and like oh let's try and solve the problem and everything goes wrong and eventually like the neighbors show up or something magical happens to fix things and everyone's happy at the end um I don't know what the, that's all rooted in. Uh, this is one of these things. It's like I don't, I don't actually understand the story. I, I think we'd do better to be like, "Hey, let's just relax and not put all this trauma and effort into making something perfect. Let's just have let's relax and sit down in front of the TV and watch uh, the Bears lose." <laughs> the lion blues you know right but uh i do like it I, I do like watching a christmas movie just as like something to do it don't make sense but it's a, it's a nice little like oh it's this time of the year i'm going to do this thing because this, this is the time of year to, to watch this silly movie i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna put a toe out on the rotten ice and say i think that they're mostly directed at women yeah but well women women watch more tv than men i think that's i think that's factual i guess so, i don't know i don't know how that, that I, make- factor in sports i don't know anything about that but i will say this i think christmas movies can be those kind of unifying things where it's like yeah. oh let's all watch a charlie brown christmas you know let's take yeah. half an hour do this thing that people have done for 50, 60 years and 
red rudolph the red-nosed reindeer frosty the snowman and you know these the the more lifetime ones and the the hallmark ones they're, they're probably not necessarily my speed but like if i was living with my parents or living with my mom and it's a safe activity to share yeah i'd be like yeah i'll do this and you know if i'm fiddling with my phone or you know whatever whatever we're still getting the together time in and it's it's quiet everybody's warm my mom will probably make popcorn and we'd have some pepsis and you know we we would just be just nice and there's not enough nice anymore it's it's always everything's got to be perfect and snappy snap and i was gonna i was gonna do a side pivot here do it on our card is this a shift Uh, are you getting your shift licorice pizza pizza. oh that's way down on the card which sounds horrible as something to eat uh is a paul thomas anderson movie coming out just before Christmas, I don't I don't know that it's actually Christmassy, uh, but I like him as a director. Mm-hmm. And uh, having watched last night in Soho, first movie in a the theater that I'd seen in maybe two years, I've I've got the bug, but so I may watch another movie this year. That's how well, pumped up and excited I am. Do you think Licorice Pizza will end with? Someone just randomly being beaten to death in a in a bowling alley. Is that how Mystic Pizza died, or some was, other... there there will be blood. Someone die in that that bowling alley. Yeah, um, at the end, the the main guy, uh, like just Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, he just beat the hell out of some guy in the bowling alley and killed him. I don't remember that. That was no. at the very end. There you go. There will be blood. I knew that he had a bowling alley. It was a very highly praised movie that I didn't like at all. Um, I did like Magnolia. Will, will here's what I want to know about Licorice Pizza. Will Heather? Uh, uh, Heather Gramby in it. Yeah, will Heather Gramby roller skating nude? Carrying licorice pizzas. Paul? Huh? Oh, okay. Oh, uh, was- uh, will will uh, Adam Sandler show up? Because he did an Adam Sandler picture. Yeah. It was called. We can Tom- only hope. Yeah. Well, uh, Punch Drunk Love. You know what would be great is if Paul Thomas Anderson and Wes Anderson made a movie together. I don't know how that would work. Well, it would be very weird, but it would be immaculately framed and shot in different uh, angles and not angles, but uh, proportions. So like one, it'd be like somebody's getting beaten to death with a, with a bowling ball and that's, it's uh, a square and then, yeah. you know, Heather Thomas is riding across, the, or not not Heather, Heather Graham is riding across Graham? the screen naked on her roller skates. And it's 
you know, in a widescreen format and they just keep changing things and everything looks like a land's end catalog, every single shot. And then the act, the actors have no affect. They would just deliver that their like as if they were half asleep. That same guy from Groundhog's Day will be in it. Bill Murray. Yeah, Bill Murray. You know, I think that I think it could work. A Wes Anderson film. So I, I want to see that movie that you mentioned. I'm waiting for it to Wait, come out. Pizza? No, no. I, oh, I, I, well, I, well, it's not, it's not, okay. Yeah, I've I've seen the trailer for it. it looks right like, on. Looks very. Um, the cinematography is the best part of it. Yeah. O- overall, it's, it's a watch. Yeah. Well, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot. Are you ready to pivot? I am. I'm gonna pivot to another food story um that's on our list we're not going in order because that's not what we do here so if you had a scorecard if you got one of our advanced scorecards that you can get by going to paragraphstacker.com and signing up for the podcast paragraph talking paragraphs bingo card yeah if you got well this we just we post the topics list every week and this is a lie. We don't do this, but I just was trying to get people to go to paragraphstacker.com because I would like some some self-affirming clips on my very sporadic blogs. Anyway, um, you were talking about licorice pizza, which sounds awful. Mm-hmm. Another thing that sounds awful is Jack in the Box is buying oh. Del Taco. I don't, yeah. is this, is this just an effort to create the world's largest diarrhea producing fast food chain? I, I feel like Long John Silver would, would need to be in the mix for that. Good point. I feel like Excellent if you, point. if you've not, if you've not included them, you've made a mistake tactically. Yeah. That was your goal. Uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Maybe you could have like a triple combo restaurant. You know, like a triangle, yeah. and you could go, you could go to Long John Silver's and get some of that greasy fish and chicken, and then uh-huh. go to Jack in the Box and get one of their uh, barf burgers, and then you go to Del Taco, and you get, you know, the salmonella special, and then yeah. you, uh, then you just drive you eat and you drive and then whatever garbage like on fire actual gunfire taking place gas station you're at when you have to go you you just have to go in there yeah uh it could be just big toilet paper is is behind this because they know the toilet paper paper companies are flush with money right now after the beginning of the pandemic, you know, yeah. people were hoarding the stuff faster they can get it on shelves. So. Well, I, I pinned this story. This was one of these. I have one joke about this. Right. Uh, this was the story. This was a finance story or finance tweet. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when there's like, oh, this this company buys this company. It's like, let's bring in our expert. 
Yeah. You know, say it's an oil company buys another oil company, let's bring in the Halliburton, you know, the the VP, Bush, Bush's VP, you sure. know, he's an, he's an expert on the industry. I feel like you just bring in a stoner from California <laughs> who's like, that's going to be the preeminent expert on both Jack in the Box and Del Taco. And he, he's just going to nail the story, how it's going to affect everyone. That guy is going to be like, that was my, that was my one joke. He'd be like, I don't know, man. How does it affect White Castle? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's Matthew McConaughey that it's brought in for this or, you know, it's a guy. Uh, the, I'm more of an in and out guy that was uh, Brad Pitt's character that smoked uh, pot out of the honey bear. Yeah. Uh, uh, plastic thing, whatever that movie was. Yeah, I think it was called Losing Angelina Jolie. <laughs> so that was it. That was my one joke. I have, I have nothing to top that. Uh, it was a solid joke. joke. In this Del Taco, this we, Del Taco we got four country. or five jokes out of it. Uh, out of yeah. a nothing deal. It, yeah. <laughs> speaking of uh, acquisitions, Robert Kirkman, yeah. the uh, guy... Oh who produced the walking dead comic book and television media empire is attempting to acquire the gi joe and transformers comic book licenses from idw the licenses are owned by the toy company hasbro Hasbro had this idea that they wanted to create a, a film studio similar to Marvel, and they were going to use all of their popular toys yeah. in in this in a, like a shared universe. So, like, there'd be GI Joe movies and Transformers movies, and you know, yeah. Mask, which was a crap toy line. Is it? Isn't that funny though? It's like you had the um, the dot com bubble. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this is a billion dollar idea, but all these companies went broke, and now there's Amazon, yeah, who's basically doing some of the things that they did. And meanwhile, Hasbro's like, hey, let's do a movie studio based on this uh, uh, these comics, and it failed. Yeah, I guess to the extent that they're like shopping it around. Meanwhile, Marvel is making billions of dollars for uh, themselves or Disney. Well, uh, I don't know that if you read the history of Marvel Studios, it started with, as an idea, but they were ready to pull the plug on it at any moment. So, like, they started with Iron Man which was to the general public at the time in 2008, an unknown character that was not like Spider-Man or Superman or Batman. It was not a tent pole character. They were like, we're going to go with man, but they hired uh, a supremely talented actor. Right. They hired a supremely talented actor 
And all of a sudden it was like, this guy's quipping like a machine gun. And it, this is very enjoyable. And then In another were, universe. Right, right. We'll come out with a Hulk movie. Robert Downey Jr. Could have been Optimus Prime and Bumblebee was sure. Scarlett Johansson or, uh, or Scarlett from the tank driver. Right. Um, I always think of Scarlett from GI Joe as mm-hmm. taller than Scarlett Johansson, but uh, more of a Charlize Theron type. Yes, yes. But regardless, uh, they got those movies so wrong and so bad that even they did a recent one, Snake Eyes. I think that came out either this year or last year. It was terrible. They're all, they, all three of those movies are terrible. None of them have a moment where, and, it, and it's strange because the second G.I. Joe movie had The Rock in it, and The Rock is always yeah. good for entertainment. He's not good he's been for... charismatic and other things. He's yeah. charismatic and things I don't care about, and I'm like, well, I'll watch this. The Rock is funny, you know. But the, anyway, uh, and the Transformers movies, I really enjoyed the first one, and then there are three more of them, maybe four more of them that I haven't seen. Then they made one called Bumblebee, which was just about one Transformer and yeah. uh, who was found by Haley Stanfield or Feld or however you say her name. And she, and that was a great Transformers movie. It was the, the designs of the characters were more a, attuned with the cartoon that people had seen and the characters had personalities and uh and it was great it didn't do very well relative to its budget and i think all of that stuff's in limbo or canceled so this idea that you can resurrect this i don't know because the people who really love this stuff is people from our generation uh the the generation xers and we're a small generation and our moment yeah. of pop culture is tilted toward us has passed because there weren't very many of us and it didn't last very long so you know this marvel stuff is more universal but the marvel stuff like the people who go to these movies don't watch don't by and large don't read the comics they aren't Right, so Robert Downey Jr. is a big star, and so uh, Jeremy Renner, and right, uh, Captain America. He's a handsome guy. There's Scarlett Johansson. Sure, uh, she's a star. Uh, yeah. So the thing is, Robert. Well, I wish them. I wish them luck. What was your takeaway from this news? Well, Robert Kirkman's a winner. I don't yeah. particularly like the guy. Um, I mean, I don't know the guy. Maybe he's a very sweet guy, but he screwed over the artist that co-created the Walking Dead series. But other than that, I don't really know anything about it. I watched several seasons of The Walking Dead before it fell into a rut where it's like, we're going to build up this character and then they're going to die. And then we're going to be sad about that. I just got bored with it. Like, 
I think, yeah. I think once you get into a Walking Dead situation, like in the first season, they had a character who was like, you know what, I've had enough of this. I'm just going to commit suicide. And they stopped well, he's, suicide, and it's sort of he's, like, well, he's yeah, he's marketed it well because there's The Walking Dead, and then there's Talking The Walking Dead, and then there's Beyond Walking Dead, like a third show. There's like I mean, four shows. Really there, there was Talking Dead. About as of, much as you yeah, Talking Dead was just a show where that guy from the Nerds, who I can't stand, I can't remember his name, but he he would just host a show where they talked about the episode and they would have, you know, minor celebrities on there to geek out about, Oh, I love the walking dead, blah, blah, blah. That was fine. Uh, It wasn't for me, but it was fine. But then there's a second walking fear. The walking dead, I think is the name of that show. There we go. Yeah. And then I think they have yet another walking dead show set somewhere else that i can't remember the name of so if there's a guy who can create an empire for gi joe and the transformers and mass he surely can do it a pony and whatever the hell else uh you want to squeeze into uh, you know care bears you know yeah whatever i mean Cobra Commander gets control of Grumpy Bear and you know makes sure. makes everyone sad and only Snake Eyes who's sad all the time because he's scarred up and mute is is able to fight off the effects of uh, Grumpy Bear and then you know you have a, just a culminating scene where Snake Eyes you know runs a a sword through grumpy bear and everyone's freed and happy again and you put samuel L. jackson in the stalker uniform and yeah volta puts on the cobra commander hood you know you, you can you got a star property right uh speaking speaking of being in a small generation mm-hmm. the hbo max they added uh, Dawson's Creek, and I, it's one of those things like you're talking about playlists, those playlists. I yeah. wouldn't have been aware of this, but I saw some uh, link to it, mm-hmm. and um, I was surprised they did this. Like, oh, I'm going to watch this, but I, I, I was probably one of uh, five viewers of this when I was at that age. Yeah, like, a it's a teen, it's a teen comedy, but it's like over intellectualized. So that that group of like nerdy teenager in the smallest generation, you know, in America, like they, they must have paid five cents to get these right. But uh, I, I watched half of the first episode today and uh, uh, felt some like uh, reminiscing. Well, uh, so there we go. The- that was a dub that was a WB tentpole show. They they had several that there was that there was Gilmore Girls, there was um Buffy the Vampire Buffy. Slayer and Angel and Smallville. And there was a sex show with uh, Adam Carolla and uh, Dr. Drew. 
Yeah, I, I didn't know the late night calling show. Yeah. I thought that was on MTV. You're talking about, oh God, Love Line. Yeah, it well, Love Line has a had a long and storied history. It it ran on. Um, it was originally a radio show with Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew, and then yeah. it became. Uh, it, it be, it became the TV show on on MTV. Maybe they reran the MTV episodes on the WB station that you were watching. I don't know, but anyway, um, there were. I remember James Vanderbeek was like the uh, dreamboat of the moment during. Dawson Creek's peak. Mm -hmm. And then there was that little pixie girl. Um, who I think went on to play like Marilyn Monroe in a movie. What's her Michelle name? Williams was very attractive. Yeah. She, she had, she's had a small movie career. The other girl went on to marry uh, Tom Cruise. That's an achievement. Uh, well, um, yeah, she's, Pacey. She survived. Yeah, Katie Holmes. She survived. She's Casey uh, hasn't done much, but uh, she's done well. You know, Katie Holmes done done well for a Toledo, Ohio uh, uh, product. So, Pacey, uh, who was Pacey? I I don't know. Uh, he, he hasn't done too much, but uh, that, that's fine. I don't think that James Vanderbeek needs a Harpo. I don't think that James huh? Vanderbeek was that much. He did Varsity Blues. So that's, uh, that's uh, Varsity movie. Blues, that was the one with uh, Allie Lartner covered in uh, whipped cream. Whipped cream. Asking you yeah. to have sex with her. I don't think... I. That's, that was an odd scene to me because you don't... If you're Allie Lartner, you don't need to put yourself in a cream. <laughs> right, you don't... <laughs> You don't need to cover yourself with a confection. I'll just come have sex with you. It's fine. You, you don't need any like um, uh, props, <laughs> right? Uh, <clears throat> so Dawson's Creek. We talked about Dawson's Creek. I can't believe that happened. Uh, let's talk about more television related things Sandra Bullock has a movie on Netflix and I want to point out to the listener that you hate Sandra Bullock unreasonably I do. hate Sandra Bullock but you were the one who penned this story for the podcast so you explain why we're I, talking about this well I, I've pinned several things this week right. I don't know if we'll get to them all um, but we, we have a Sex in the City pin. We have a Jennifer Aniston pin and a Sandra Bullock, Bullock pin. You know, sometimes you have to challenge yourself. These are things that uh, we're not necessarily fans of, but mm. um, they're they're kind of in. They were in this week's news. Um, so in this movie, 
the a made for Netflix original movie. Sandra Bullock was uh, in jail. She's getting out of jail. She's hated by society. Right. And she's looking for the daughter that she was separated from. And um, I like this setup because it's like I don't like Sandra Bullock, so like I'm I'm the I'm the audience for this. It's like yeah, I don't like you either. That uh, they finally found the right role for her. Uh, like I, I wasn't ready to embrace her as the peppy CIA agent that was forced to go you know, in a beauty pageant or uh, yeah. driving a bus with uh, Neo. I, like I I didn't see her in those roles. She she seemed still qualified mentally and psychologically to be an astronaut, but. Uh, an unliked woman in society. Yeah, I'm on board. She's she's found a role, uh, <laughs> but I'm ready for her, her to be in. Is this a is this a Netflix Christmas movie where she's? It could be. It could, for me, it is. It's like finally, <laughs> great. I'm on board. Uh, it's funny because it's like I'm. I think this is this is a tearjerker for most people, but I'm I'm like let's get the buttered popcorn. I'm excited uh, to watch it. It's like it's funny because this um, this Peloton story is the same thing. But, um, if, if we want to jump to that, wait. I, I I got a couple things to say about. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. The Sandra Bullock. Uh, I want to defend Sandra Bullock. That's okay. a good movie. She's fine in it. Uh, it actually is very adorable uh, in the role. Uh, uh, the problem with the problem with speed is that it, it it put her into the culture so that it became more acceptable for her to be around. You're unreasonable. I think that your unreasonable distaste for her came because she played the stepmother of that uh, huge defensive lineman or offensive lineman. The blindside. Yeah, in the, yeah. the blind side, that's the movie that like you started to hate Sandra Bullock uh, for some reason. Could be. Uh, that that's when I started hearing this from you. This this hatred of sure. Sandra Bullock. Uh, yeah. I will I will say I've not seen Miss Congeniality, but uh, I think it's more believable that she was an FBI agent than a beauty contestant, and. Uh, <laughs> That's all I have to say. Yeah. And that last right. was mean, and I'm not really sorry. So you want to pivot to Sex in the City. Yep. There was a well, character named Mr. Big, who oh. used to be played by Chris Noth. I don't know if he still is, and I'm not going to do the research to find out. I've always hated Sex in the City because when it was at its primary when it was at its peak of popularity mm-hmm. 20 years ago um i would listen to women around me in des moines mm-hmm. and they would say things like oh my life is exactly like that and i was like these are three attractive women who live uh single lives in new york city and are having all of this like uh amazing and or disappointing sex 
nobody is having sex as much as the characters on Sex in the City. Right. I, in fact, as a general rule, I don't think society has nearly as much sex as there is sex in our popular culture. So anyway, sure. Sex in the City still squeezing the last drops of whatever's left of that fandom has a movie or series going right now revival yeah and mr big is is on the which that was yeah i wouldn't care about that except for this peloton story right so mr big is on the peloton in the series in the show in the fiction oh in the fiction of the show He's running on the Peloton, has a heart attack, and dies. Oh. So then the real-world reaction to this is that Peloton stock plummets because Mr. Big, a fictional character on on a fictional show on television, died on a Peloton. (laughs) And... This just sort of feeds my general belief that the people who are in charge of the stock market and do the majority of trading are boobs and and incompetent nitwits who are are skittish and they have the attention span of a fart because they do stuff like this all the time, Paul. They're like over at the, the top reacting to something that doesn't matter. Well, it's like, oh, Omicron, it's gonna wreck the world economy. Sell off everything, yeah. sell everything. Uh it's the next yeah. day. It's like, oh, we've got uh we we we've got new batteries for your flashlight, buy it up, you know, and you're like I wanted I wanted one thing. Because what we learned growing up, Paul, the, the big takeaway from growing up is that the adults in charge didn't have any more fucking clue than we did as children about what was going on. They were just taller. That was their big advantage. Taller. They could, and they could use knives. You know, that's the big takeaway. They didn't know what they were fucking doing either. And this is a perfect example. It's like Peloton whose stock dropped at one point because earlier like a couple of years ago peloton stock dropped because some goof troops on the woke mafia decided that one of their commercials was condescending or offensive to or (laughs) anti-feminist or whatever and all it was was this husband gave her wife is or gave his wife a peloton and she worked out and she was really happy with how her body looked and she thanked yeah. him. And, and then, and then I was like, this is the patriarchy keeping a woman down and controlling. And this is what leads yeah. to eating disorder and Peloton stock because of this commercial plummeted that I can almost understand yeah. because at least it was their marketing, which who yeah. could have known that the buzz saw well, of giving someone a Christmas present would burn through your stock valuation this way. That no, being I've said, got two quick, two quick comments. All right, 
Cristiano Ronaldo, the famous soccer player. Is he dead? Was at a press conference. No. Uh, and it's like they staged the press conference. So there's like ads behind the person and they, they put, they put like a Coke in front of them. Well, he doesn't drink Coke. So he made this big production of, uh, being offended by this Coke in front of him. So he, he, he put it off to the side. So it was off camera. Coke stock plummeted. Like five percent on that. It's like, well, you know, the the core demographic of the Coke drinkers are still drinking Coke. Uh, I, I don't know that they care that this one athlete. I, I don't think have just most left athletes drink, there. I don't think most athletes drink soft drinks at all. I mean, they're terrible for Olympic athletes. Yeah, Olympic athletes especially. It's like you know. <laughs> yeah, they're. They're drinking wheatgrass and whatever. They're not. They're not drinking pop. That's that's insane. Well, my reaction to this Peloton story was different from yours because the way I consume the, the media is to not read the actual story. I just look at the headline and right. fashion the story I'd like. Yeah, uh, from the headline. That's so. In my imagination. I thought that someone from Sex in the City had, in real life, died no. using the Peloton. No, it's even more absurd. So, well, let me finish. My my hope was, much like the Sandra Bullock movie, where the tagline says, you know, everyone hates her. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put the buttered popcorn in front of me and enjoy everyone else not <laughs> liking Sandra Bullock as much as I don't. Yeah. I'm going to fire up the Sex in the City movie, which I don't like. I never watched any of the episodes. You know, what's the, the you know, HBO was on by accident. You know, yeah. I woke up in the middle of the night after leaving the TV on. Yeah. And I'm just watching this like, who's the dead person? Who's not in this because he died? And it's like, that moment of discovery is going to be wonderful. I'm just going to eat this popcorn until, you know, uh, is it one of the women? Is it the, the gay publicist friend? Is it this Mr. Big? You know, who well, is not making it? We're, we're, we're gradually culling ourselves of the show one yeah. by one Peloton user. But no. Peloton had to put out a press release and they were like, well, Mr. Mm -hmm. Big had been shown to have an at risk lifestyle. He ate a lot of red meat, <laughs> cars. It wasn't, wasn't the Peloton that killed him. Yeah. And, you know, you should always consult your physician before beginning a rigorous sure. exercise program. Sure. Sure. I just, I just, it's just this level of absurdity that makes me question. Yeah. It, it reminds me of a Lewis Black routine where he was landing in LA and on one wall was an advertisement for the latest Terminator movie with Schwarzenegger. And on another wall mm -hmm. was an advertisement f welcoming you to uh, California from Governor Schwarzenegger. And he's like, he just fell to his knees and started screaming, what is real? What is real? You know, I think that's what, what is, is going on here is like the people who are running the finances of the country are, they just don't know what's real and what's not real. 
and the thing is like peloton gave permission for their machine to be used in the sure because they thought uh, they thought that this is our this is the people that buy our product right next to the city watchers well uh, yeah landed differently than they hoped well and then they had some actress play play the the coach that screams at you while you ride this bicycle the stationary bicycle that costs four thousand dollars so we moved from sandra bullock and sex in the city to a a trifecta of things we don't really like and jennifer aniston has given an interview that you have I'm assuming only read the headline of that you want. No, no, I, 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 I've done, I've done the rare prep. I pulled up the interview. I'm going to read. Wow. Uh, a few, a few sentences out of it very quickly, and we can react. Uh, so basically, we're at the point of the interview. The interviewer is in in her house. Yeah. Charmed by her Hollywood home, uh, and there's some playful back and forth. Uh, she's talked a little bit about being in the Friends reunion show. Um, so the interviewer asked this question. I've heard you say that the reunion was harder on you than you anticipated. Time travel is hard, that's the response. Right. Talk to me about that. I think we were just so naive walking into it thinking, how fun is this going to be? We're putting the sets back together exactly as they were. Then you get there and it's like, oh, right. I hadn't thought about what was going on the last time I was actually here. It just took me by surprise because it was like high pass. Remember me. Remember how that sucked? You thought everything was in front of you and life was going to be just gorgeous. And then you went through maybe the hardest time of your life. It's all very jarring, and of course, you've got cameras everywhere, and I'm already a little emotionally accessible, I guess you could say, if I had to walk out at a certain point. I don't know how they cut around that. Is this, so that, that's it. That's, is this Brad Pitt, bitching? I, I don't know. I, I didn't know that life was, was hard for her. I don't know if she's talked about that before, and I'm just now hearing I, this, or it was like, this was a good blurb to put on the front. This, this was basically the headline of uh, the story that I clicked on. Um, he goes on to say later, like, well, this, this helped me become who I am today. Uh, I feel like this is something that's like a grabber, clickbait grabber. Yeah. Uh, um, here's the well, thing. I'll tell you. It was like, yeah. Jennifer Aniston was oh, her sale was always, um, I'm not a victim. I'm not. I'm all over. Oh, yeah. This Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie thing, and I don't know. Relationships between people in in general are hard, but relationships when you're famous are even harder and the other person you're in a relationship is famous that's harder because people are pretty ghoulish about it they want to know every little detail it's they're they're basically three steps away from being wanting to watch you have sex like there's been 
multiple sure. attempts at that tease throughout cinematic history, like that Kubrick film, Eyes Wide Shut. Like the whole tease was, are we going to watch Tom and Nicole have sex? You know, Tom Cruise. Power couple. Yeah. I think Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt actually did a movie that was about a marriage that was disintegrating and they were all sad, but it was like, are we going to watch them have sex? You know, I don't know. It, uh, so in that sense, I feel for her, but in another sense, I'm like, hmm, it's a pretty good payday. So, uh, yeah, you're saying it sucks, but you're you're wealthy. You're on TV now. Yeah, but most people would have enjoyed dating Brad Pitt. He's kind of considered a, a good-looking guy. Uh, well, the, I'm guessing parts of it was were nice. The other thing I, I would know. well, they were married. The other thing I would say is that you created. I'll tell you the, what sucks. Global... Watching... Go ahead. Watching Friends. That sucks. That's true. Uh, but it is that show is so beloved. That people wanted to yeah. come back decades after it's been off the air. I did not like that yeah. show. I, I I actively hate that show. But and it's that's like a people who watch Friends. That's like a measure for me. Like, could I date this person? And they're like, Oh, I love Friends. I'm like, No, we can't date uh, because yeah. I can't stand this saccharine. Uh, be a problem. I just, I don't want to watch six rich people pretend that they're not rich people living in palatial New York apartments, yeah. you know, doing dumb stuff all the time uh, for, it's just, it wasn't for me. I wasn't even a big Seinfeld fan. So must see TV yeah. was just sort of something I wasn't a part of. Yeah, I will say Jennifer Anderson was in the one of the recent episodes of Live Before a Studio Audience, which is a show that is done by Norman Lear and who's yeah. the creator of like tons of t great TV and Jimmy Kimmel. And what they do is they yeah. cast modern actors in old sitcoms and have them act them out yeah. and. Jennifer Aniston played um, Blair from Facts of Life. Yeah. And uh, Blair's character was kind of a snob and, and a bitch. And I feel like yeah. um, I, I feel like that's what I get off, get off of Jennifer Aniston. So, Well, she was on the show, Friends. Yeah. Um, she's in this palatial apartment. She's a waitress. Uh, sure. Her family's rich. Waitresses and are known this, for being rich. Uh, she's being pursued on the show by one of the people who's just kind of a nerdy, try-hard guy. Yeah. Um, so you've got... I feel like that's kind of the common... common theme mm -hmm. uh for the sandra bullock the sex in the city the friends it's like um what, what you know they're at the pinnacle but like oh gosh you've got problems too let me talk about it for our fan base so that we can be the common man come off that way 
Yeah. It feels a little disingenuous. Having said that, uh, within the quote of like, if it was the two of us and it's like, we went back to uh, whatever the quad we were in freshman year. Sure. And uh, they, oh. they brought back our old R, our old RA. Yeah. And they they found Snapple that wasn't expired, you know, from that time. Matt Kurtlink, we uh, love you wherever you are. I I, th- I think that would be hard for us. Uh, just the nostalgia of like, oh, we're not those people. It's been twenty five years. Yeah, changed the world's changed. I I feel for in that sense. So like, it's it's fun to, to dump on something you don't like, but taking the article. Uh, at its face value of like if, if we did some set dressing from Drake 25 years ago uh, well it, it, it would it'd be a shock and then it's like oh react to this we're going to put some cameras on you I feel for in, the, in one way but on the other hand I'm guessing uh, they got a big payday for this reunion on top of the the big payday they got when it was must see TV and all the actors banded together to demand, you know, a hundred thousand an episode or whatever it was. It was some astronomical payday. So I, uh, I, I will I, say, I will say this, I will backtrack on what I said. I don't know if Jen, what kind of person Jennifer Aniston is because I've never met her and I never will. Um, I didn't like the show friends mostly because of the sort of squee noises that people who do like the show friends make that it, yeah. mainly it was because I was jealous that the things that I liked were never as popular as the things that were popular. Like Dr. Yeah. Who was never that popular or Buffy the Vampire Slayer was never that popular. And so I always looked at friends and I thought, what's so good about this? that the thing I like can't be yeah. as respected or enjoyed uh, popular. Now, uh, you know, I have the world by the string because everybody's going to Marvel movies and I'm complaining. It's like, well, you didn't, you didn't have to put in the hard year being a nerd yeah. uh, who was an outcast because they were reading comics and watching Doctor Who. So I, I'm probably just never going to be satisfied because I'm human and flawed, but I, I will say, I think I would have a uh, being at Drake as a graduate student. Now, mm-hmm. um, yeah. the school is so different that I haven't, and I'm attending a different part of it than I used to, that I haven't had sure. a lot of those reactions, but I remember yeah. one time we went over, you would, were visiting in, in the middle of the year and we went over to campus and, you went upstairs in Olmstead to catering and it was kind of a nostalgia trip. I, I don't think it, things are different now. Like you can't even get into the dorms. You have to have a code, uh, have to have a pass to get in them, you know, yeah. unlock yeah. the door. And, you know, that was different in our day. You could walk in there until like certain time of night and then the doors were locked, but um yeah. i you know 
I think what would happen for you most of all would be just a sudden, like, I don't know, almost uh, phantom pain in your testicles from that time I hit you in the nuts yeah. the football. And I would, well, that's I, would what I, feel feel. That, I would feel that flush of rage of seeing this instant tea spilled all over the uh, restroom. Any, anytime I'm looking at Anytime I'm looking at the the the, the sink and faucets in a, a work setting, I, yeah. I have that phantom pain. <laughs> uh, desire desire to keep it pristine for for all time. Uh, Paul, the only thing we didn't get to was Tom Brady's in a lot of commercials. Well, I don't, well, I don't want to press that, but we're at the hour 20 mark well some of that was a break yeah I'll probably cut, a good time to, cut that nonsense out time, well, still it's a good time to wrap things up uh, i agree i agree uh, i'm gonna try to find a star yeah, with a uh with, with, with a snowman cookie on a saturday during christmas season i don't think it's gonna happen oh that's what you're going to do now yeah it's the white whale you know i'm gonna go hunting for it but i don't think it's gonna happen but uh, anyway, this was a good show. Uh, if we could afford music, I would play that uh, Bob Dylan song where he just says, wah, 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 that song. But anyway, uh, for Paul in Memphis, I am Dan in Des Moines. Thanks for listening. And as always, behave and be kind. Wow. Guess we can close the file on that one.